Hey, give me two claps and a Rick Flair. What to do, do? What to do, do? It is the Wizards Junkies podcast on the Sports Post Network. I'm your host, Brooks. As always, and I have my guest with me, Marcel. Marcel, say what's up to the people, bro. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Brooks. How's everything over there, bro? Perfectly well, man. Just getting toward the, towards the end of a very crazy week, but just happy to be here. I hear that. I hear that, man. Yeah, man. It's a lot going on, but you guys have the Wizards Junkies podcast to pull you down and listen to Marcel and I talk about the Wizards. So what else could be better on a Friday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, depending on when you listen to this? Marcel, let's dig right into this. Um, it seems like a decision is going to come down for the December 22nd start for the season. It looks like it might get uh, basically approved. Um, that being said, man, what are you looking forward to the most for this offseason? What do you want to see? What where, where are your thoughts right now? Um, I'm definitely happy to see that we're moving towards a December 22nd start date. Um, you know, I think it's in the league's best interest for everyone to kind of, you know, hunker down and, you know, hurry up to to get, you know, their la- their their last minute workouts in or regiments in or whatever, because uh, it's, you know, around the corner, six, seven weeks away. Um, you know, and we talked we talked last week about how much money the league could potentially lose if they didn't start by Christmas. So um, not only that, you know the the threat of the owners uh you know ripping up the cba uh whatever that was about yeah no one wants that no one wants a work stoppage so uh this is one thing i love about the league man is that you know for the most part they are they are able to iron out hard decisions uh the the, the players association and, and the owners um you know it's for for the better league for the for the better the betterment of the league um just you know, NBA is is top notch in my book. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to specifically. This is a Wizards junkie po- junkies podcast. I'm specifically looking forward to the Wizards this offseason. Um, I am looking forward to um, everything that I can read, watch, um, whatever um, about development of of our key pieces and um, especially. Um, Boy John Wall, man. Uh, I know we'll get into it <laughs> later, but you know he's he he keeps he keeps popping up in videos, balling, man, looking good, man. I'm I'm once again, like I said before, I gotta I gotta keep myself from getting too excited because uh, I'm not trying to be let down again. But um, man, the boy's looking good. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to John Wall. I don't know. Let's call it version 4.0 for as many times as he's had to kind of reinvent something of himself um exactly um and with with brad um man um hopefully one thing i'm concerned about is you know all the trade rumors obviously but concerning brad i'm hoping that um wall coming back only adds to brad stardom and doesn't take away from it you know what i'm saying i i hope that brad doesn't take a step back I hope that the two of them have spoke have spoken um, as 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 well as as Coach Brooks about whose team it is now. I mean, it's clearly it's clearly Brad Bill's team, um, and there should be no question about that in my mind. Um, 
So hopefully there's no butting of the heads or whatever. Um, and that, that could potentially lead to a chemistry problem that would, that, that would lead to a winning problem. Um, and that could lead to one of them getting traded or, or asking for a trade. Um, so I'm looking forward to training camp and, and, and everything else, man. And just trying to keep my eyes and ears open to how, how well they are meshing because we haven't once seen them play ball together this offseason. So that, that, that's something that's kind of got my antennas peaked a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if they've ever appeared in videos together, either working out or actually playing pickup. So it's an interesting point you bring up there. For me, and I mean, you basically said it all, bro. Like, finally getting to see who they pick up in the draft and the free agency. Um, it seems like they're basically the NBA is basically going to be able to get that. Uh, I think I think we said last week it was 132 million for the salary cap, and then like 120 something for the luxury. I don't. I'm not even sure. I can't remember the numbers perfectly. Once again, we both barely passed math, so don't look at us for the math numbers just yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just. It's, it's so much to look forward to, man, and especially if we can get some type of, well, it's November now, so we're not going to get any type of, uh, like, fall league or summer league, and that's what I usually look forward to the most during the offseason, to actually see the young guys come up and get to play some basketball, that first taste of pro basketball. Um, fortunately, we're not going to get that, but, you know, we're going to be able to see a lot of videographers post up videos of John Wall, Bradley Bill, whoever else, playing some pickup. I mean, that's usually enough to, to satisfy you for a little bit. I think the one thing that you touched up on was the fact that, um, you know, John Wall's going to have to accept the fact that Brad is the man for this team now. And I think he has, I think he's come to that realization over the last year or so. Because, I, th- I mean, it was on the All the Smoke podcast, I want to say, when he, when he realized the fact that, like, yeah, Bradley Bill's got it going on right now. And we take, like we we take in and we take out from each other a lot. But being the point guard that he is, and being the unselfish playmaker that he is, I think he's going to be able to adjust a little bit and just be able to really add on to Bradley Bill and his abilities. Um, you know, and if he's smart, he's going to take it slow at the beginning of the season anyway, and kind of just like matriculate into the offense and all that. Because I don't think he's going to try to go full gear. The whole season, I think he's just gonna slowly just waltz in and and get used to everything, make sure his body's right. I mean, his body's right now, but you know it's different playing pickup than it is playing the actual NBA game, NBA atmosphere, NBA tempo, and all that. You know. I hear you. I hear you. I, I definitely can see that, um, and that would be in his best interest to kind of take it slow. Hopefully, it's not for too long, um, because you know. We, we got some wins that we need to rack up. Um, but definitely being in his best interest to not, to not hit the ground running um, and, you know, potentially injure himself, injure something else. You know, he's I, – I hesitate to call him injury prone, but it is what it is. Um, you, you it's not an unfair assessment. Yeah, I mean, it, you, and, and nobody wants that label. Nobody wants that label. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's in his best interest, man. Um, we may get into this a little later, man, but I see that um, 
Drew Holiday, they're they're taking calls for him. I thought, it, you know, whatever the Wizards, if the Wizards were interested, I thought it could be a decent idea to run a three guard lineup with him, Drew, and Brad. I think that would look pretty good. Yeah, that would be interesting, especially. I see, yeah, I see Drew Holiday being like a really good pickup if they were to trade him to Washington. But I would see, I see like a real contender trying to pick him up too, and trying to get into him, him, Victor Oladipo, because you see people saying that he wants to get traded. Maybe even a Devin Booker. They, they're saying people are saying that he this like the the most the worst kept secret is that he wants out of Phoenix. I mean, it's a whole lot to think about, but. Yeah, Drew Holiday, Bradley Bill, John Wall in a backcourt together, going on two ways. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. That could be better than what the Suns did back with uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic, and I, don't, I can't remember who the third guy was. Brandon Knight, maybe. Or, was it Brandon Knight or was it um, uh, the name escapes me. Uh, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe. There you go. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic, and uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I think that fits a whole lot better than... I think Drew Holiday, Bradley Bill, and John Wall fits a whole lot better than those three, too. Those three do, especially with, like, their size and their ability to shoot, ability to play make. Yeah, I think that's a really attractive backcourt right there. I mean, like you said, man, it would... uh, And that would be... That would be a pretty dominant trio on both ends of the court, um, as long as... You know, I don't. I, I never. I'm not going to question uh, Drew's uh, energy. Like I, I know he always brings it. I mean, for the most part, um, out of the three, if anyone I would, I would be questioning was is John's because you know I don't know if you've ever seen the video of his uh his 2K controller being switched off and he just stood still on defense one time. <laughs> but um, if they're all locked in, man, that that is a tough trio to score on. Um, I just don't know how the rest of the lineup will work out. I know you're trying to get Rui in there. Like, Rui's not a four. Um, maybe he could come in. Like, I I see that. I would see that as Brad running the three, uh, which I totally think he could do. He's a little undersized for the position, but I think he makes up for that in, in other areas. Um, yeah, what is he? I think he's 6'5". He's 6'5", six, six, yeah. He's he's somewhere in there. Um, you know, typically your threes, the better threes are like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, or whatever, and, and lanky. Um, you know, your Paul George is your Kawhi Leonard's not a three, but he's like in a three's body. Um, you know, he gives us some size there, but I, I definitely think he could. And we've we've seen the three guard lineups before with the Wizards. Um, I can't remember exactly how it's been, but I know Brad has played some time at the three. Um, but yeah, man, that's just a thought I had. I think it's pretty attractive. Like you said, it's it's probably most likely a contender looking to pick him up. Um, but I mean, you never know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I'm, if I'm Tommy Shepard to be brutally honest, like I'm thinking that we are contenders this year, like, because if, because, you know, if, if we're not, then what are we doing? Like, this is potentially the last year we're running this wall and bill experiment with, with nothing to show for it. So it's like, to me, it's this year a bust. Yeah. I mean, and we've spoken about it multiple times. You think, this is the muster. This is the 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 bust year. I think it's probably gonna take another year. Man, I mean, either way you shake it, they gotta get something done either this year or next year. I honestly, I honestly see this year just being like, let's see how John Ball goes. Let's see how he, let's see how he uh, looks on the court. If he looks good, 
maybe you can trade him. Maybe, you know, you, you see what happens. I mean, you want to be able to run this team back because we see what they can do getting to the second round. It's just the issue of finishing off guys that they're supposed to finish off. Yeah. You know what I mean? They should have been able to finish off the Hawks when Paul Pierce was there. Um, I mean, it's just, and we're better than just a second round talent team. Like, absolutely, the Wizards. The Wizards have 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 at least conference finals talent or conference finals contenders talent. Man, yeah, this is such an important year. The next two seasons are such important two seasons. Like, man, this is why this is why the NBA is so great, man. Yeah. And let me just say real quick, man, I don't know if you saw the news that the Knicks are willing to take on some bad contracts. Uh, that screamed John Wall to me, man. Because um, I, I think don't wanna, I, I don't want to put him in that position, though. That's terrible. No, That's I terrible. mean, but yeah, but if if they if if the Wizards, if if Shep has decided that he wants to move on or he, he's at least going to take calls on John, like the, the Knicks, I can totally see the Knicks making a dumb move. To take John on, um, not that it's dumb to to get a player like John Wall, but the contract and what y'all have going on over there, like you, you, they they have to me, they have no direction right now. Um, but I totally could see them overpaying for John Wall and and Shep being enticed to get out of his contract. I could I could see that a hundred times over, man. So like, who, who are you giving up over there, though? I mean, who Julius Randle and oh, they would have Marvin to give up. They'd have to give up some picks for sure. Yeah, um, it would. Yeah, we probably take back some some contracts too. It it would it would look like an Ernie trade most likely, but um, I'm sure Shep would be in there for the pick. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what you need to get back into into contender status anyway. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting trade. And speaking of trades, though, um, for one, uh, Daryl Morey is in Houston or not in Houston. He got he left Houston. Now he's in Philly. And now we're seeing reports of Daryl Morey wanting to trade for James Harden. Is that something or is that nothing? Do you think Houston is going to trade James Harden to Philly, uh, especially after they've gambled so much on him and have Russell Westbrook over there right now? That's that's 1,000% something. Um, the Harden experiment obviously hasn't played out for Houston the way that they expected. Um, and the fact that Maury's now over in Philly and the fact that Philly, I think has the right assets to throw at Houston to make a trade like that work. Um, and then if you're Houston, you're still looking like, well, we still got Russ. We still got Eric Gordon. Um, we still, they probably, I'm sure would think that they still have a playoff team, um, with, with getting rid of Harden. Um, that that would remain to be seen with the way the West is looking, and you know the West is stacked as usual. Um, but I I totally could see that happening, man. And then like if you're if you're Harden, like you know wanting to go to play uh, go play for Doc Rivers, like I mean that's enticing for me. Um, you know Doc only has one championship um, coaching, but like he's he's so attractive with other you know facets of his coaching and you know his it, doc just has an aura around him uh, like you know that's why so quickly uh when he was let go from la but um and then you got elton brand still there holding it down in philly um <laughs> look i they they are not fi- it wouldn't work 
they they would have to give up Ben Simmons, which I would do in a heartbeat because I think he's trash. But um, you and me both. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't. He's he's so overhyped, man. It's ridiculous. But um, I think yeah, you, know, you know, however they work the salary out and everything, if they were willing to give up Ben Ben Simmons and then you pair Embiid with Harden, I think that's nasty, man. That's nasty. I I would I would probably put Philly at the at the one seed for for next year because we saw Milwaukee is. Is soft. Um, uh, Boston, Boston might. Who, who knows what's going to happen with Boston? Um, I feel like they're going to shake that team up a little bit. Um, Toronto's always going to be there because of Kyle Lowry, the way he's playing, um, and the yeah. rest of them. And, and Pascal and, and uh, Fred. Yeah, yeah. Fred, can't forget Fred. Fred is a beast. Um, but but yeah, man, I, I I definitely think that they they try and make that happen. Yeah, I mean. You and you already mentioned it, the trade piece there. If you're if you're gonna get James Harden, you gotta get you gotta get some type of investment in return, and that would be maybe Ben Simmons. Maybe you can throw in uh, Josh Richardson or or Tobias Harris. Maybe Ben Simmons in the draft pick. You have you have to throw some type of sweetener in there because yeah, you're getting rid of a top tier shooter, scorer, playmaker for a guy who. He's a decent scorer, and he's a he's a better playmaker than he is a scorer. But the the what I like the what I like the most about this trade, and you already mentioned it, was Joel Embiid and James Harden. Like this, for one, the guy's younger. He's in his he's he's still in his like mid twenties. He's still a guy who's like a physical threat, unlike a Russell Westbrook, who he's still super athletic. Don't get me wrong, but. The jumper isn't falling like it used to. He's still lapsing on defense, unlike before. Like the guy's losing a whole lot of value, and Ben Simmons can bring that back for you. Or yeah, Ben Simmons trading him for Ben Simmons or trading whoever else can bring that back for you. I think the biggest benefit for James Harden is the fact that he'd be in the Eastern Conference, so you wouldn't have to deal with Kawhi and PG thirteen. You wouldn't have to deal with LeBron and, and AD. Doesn't have to deal with the Warriors who have been giving him nightmares for the last what four four playoffs. Like that's a win win trade for him, and that automatically bolsters you of a whole ahead of a whole lot of people. You know, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Put him in an Eastern Conference. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, like he would he would bring that thirty five points per game, or whatever he was averaging over here. Um, and I think it would, to be honest, it would probably just it would be a little bit easier. Easier, slight, you know, lighter work for him over here. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, if they trade for him, that to me that elevates Philly to, in my mind, in uh, Eastern power rankings to number one easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, this is like the most important thing to do. How do you? I I gotta ask you this, man. How do you feel about Doc Rivers, especially after everything that's been going on with him, like? He keeps on blowing. He keeps on blowing three and one leads. That that oh eight Boston Celtics team that he had just seems like more fluky by the year because it just seems like you you really look at them, you realize they had to take what three game sevens to get to the no it was two game sevens to get to the um the finals and they they didn't necessarily squeak by the Lakers but it took them six games to beat the Lakers too like. It seems like that was a really hard-fought championship, but it wasn't as dominant as that team likes to make it seem it was. 
that sounded really weird, like the way I structured that sentence. But yeah, I mean, how do you feel about Dog Rivers, man? Uh, man, as I as I mentioned before, like with Doc, it's not just about his win loss records or how many times he's been to the the finals, how many times he's won. Um, it's everything that you're getting with with the package, man. And, and like as you saw this year, um, with him being so open and and um, forthcoming with his thoughts about racial injustice and stuff like that, man. Like you don't get too many coaches that are willing to just lay it all, lay everything out on the line um, to to speak um, about powerful things like that. Um, and, you know, I think I've obviously never met Doc Rivers. I, I, I can't tell you what it's like to play for him, but there's a reason why he, he always has a job despite his record. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's, he's in, he's in the playoffs every year, obviously, but like you said, he doesn't have a great track record. He's got one championship. Um, and, and I probably could have coached that 08 Celtics team to a championship too. I mean, three Hall of <laughs> Paul Pierce, KG. Uh, uh, Ray Allen and and Rondo at a time where I thought Rondo was the best pure point guard in the league, um, man, it, that yeah, that was a great team and like, but still, I think was that their first year together or, or the second year? I can't even remember. That was, was the it? first year they were together. They okay. had like one of the best turnarounds in NBA history. It was like twenty twenty eight wins, something like that, to fifty. 50 whatever it was. I mean, yeah, it was a great season for them, but the way that OA team describes it, it seems like they're they were like the most they were the greatest uh championship team ever and they've been milking that title ever since. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I um I mean, when you only have one title, uh when you're when you're Paul Pierce, when you're KG, um Ray Allen obviously has what, 3 or 4 um you you gonna hold on you gonna hold on to that one and 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 we already yeah. know Chris is, has been known to say some crazy stuff out of his mouth but um I think um I look at it like this man like yeah like you mentioned it was it was a fantastic turnaround from the year before for that team how hard is it to coach a new team to a championship your very first year together um and I compare that to um was a twenty twelve Miami um. When they got together and they lost, um, and that was a better team than the 08 Celtics to me, um, it's, I'm sure it's not easy. But, you know, to, to go back to your original question, um, I, I, I love Doc, man. I hope that he's around in the league for a very long time. I would have loved to have him over here, um, but we don't, we don't get those high-profile coaches. Um, you know, I... Um, I hope he does well in Philly, and I honestly think he will. Um, and if he could just get to the finals, which is, you know, if if with with the way that Philly's currently structured, probably not. But if they trade for Harden, yeah, I'm putting them. I'm putting them representing the East in the finals. Um, I think it, it looks really good on him. They're going to give him a couple years to deliver a championship, but if he can get to the finals, um, that looks really good for him. Yeah, it would, and and. Yeah, he he is a great relationship coach, and he does bring together people very well. But it just it, it's just crazy to me, man. I mean, because it, 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 
yeah, he he was able to bring in those Celtics together. But then you see just how badly he can get with the Clippers and the issues that they had. Like, I was reading about how Lou Williams and some of the OG Clippers were upset about, you know, Kawhi being able to take off and being able to live in San Diego and whenever he was taking days off. And then, like, the team would, would end up being late for practice or team would end up being late for a plane. I mean, these are the type of types of things that you got to nip in the bud. And that's going to be a huge test for Ty Lue to figure out. And it just, I like I like Dog Rivers. I like what he's been able to stand up for with, you know, Donald Sterling. And then, of course, with this past season, I mean, yeah, he's, he seems like a great leader. But I don't think he is the greatest tactician that you need for a team like that or a team with so much talent. Like, you need a guy that's going to be able to make adjustments and put some fire into other people's bellies. And it doesn't seem like he's a guy to do that unless he has a guy like Paul Pierce or KG who are super hyped and are going to be able to lead your guys. And maybe that's not an indictment on him, and it's just as much of an indictment on Kawhi. But, I mean, those are just my thoughts about it. I agree. I agree. Um, I will say also it could be that, you know, yeah, winning a, winning a championship is an entire, you know, it takes all hands on deck. I, I'm not going to just put it on the head coach. I mean, it, it could be we had the right assistance around him um, to tell him, you know, hey, uh, I don't know if you're seeing this coach, but you need to make an adjustment here or, or such and such, whatever. Um, and I think I read yeah. this. Cells joining him, so um, – you know, maybe maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, the, the last great assistant I know he had was Tom Thibodeau before he would join the Bulls, and he was the guy that helped them create that defense. And who I I missed who you said that they hired for the Clippers or for not for the Clippers, but for the Sixers. I think it's Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell followed them, right? We can look. We can easily look that up. But you can keep making your take. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was pretty much done, man. I, 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 I'm in total agreement with you. Um, but you know, I, it takes, it takes a village as they say. Um, so, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, especially if you want to beat LeBron James. So, you know, whether you're in the, you're in the West or the, or the East, you're going to, you're going to butt heads with, with Bron. Um, so, you know, it's on him to put the right staff around him. It's on him and, and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand to put the right team around around the, the staff. And, you know, um, I'm expecting good things from Philly if, if they make some moves in the trade market. But if they're, if they're moving forward with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, um, they're going to lay another egg this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you, man. I don't, have, I don't have as much faith into Ben Simmons as a lot of people do. I think, I think LeBron James saying, oh, yeah, that kid's got next really set him up for failure because – the guy just he gets it, but he doesn't get it. Like it, it, it just he seems like a silent killer, but at the same time, it just seems like he doesn't want to be as great as he should be. And maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking it, but I don't know. But I want to start out this next subject with you, man. We're talking about coaching staffs, being able to build really good coaching staffs. Last year, Frank Vogel was able to get a guy like Jason Kidd. Who they were thinking, oh, Jason Kidd's gonna be, Jason Kidd's gonna take over that job eventually. He's gonna undermine Frank Vogel. 
it's going to be a crazy situation, blah, blah, blah. Turns out that was completely wrong. Frank Vogel is the best coach to play, to coach that team. And now you go to Brooklyn, and you have Steve Nash being able to add in um, Jacques Vaughn, who was a head coach during the bubble. And now they have Mac, Mike D'Antoni. Um, I want to ask you your thoughts on this, but I want to say this. As much as people were saying that Jason Kidd was going to take Frank Vogel's job in L.A., I think it's just as likely that D'Antoni will take Steve Nash's job in Brooklyn, especially if things don't go the right way, maybe that first season or, like, before break. It'll be an interesting thing because if I have to think of someone who could have, like, a hostile takeover in the NBA, I would say it's Mike D'Antoni. Despite the fact that he hasn't been able to go to an NBA Finals, this guy has an incredible track record, a great offensive coach. It just seems like something something is there for Mike D'Antoni to take over that job if Steve Nash can't deliver. Marcel, go go ahead and make your take for this one. So let me let me first say that uh <laughs> nothing's happening over there without Kyrie and K D, uh the, the the head honchos signing off on it. So <laughs> Facts. Facts. Um, <laughs> um, man, I think uh, I think it's kind of strange that he hired D'Antoni. I mean, I'm just looking at the dynamic there. Like, D'Antoni is twice Steve Nash's age, and I get the relationship. Like, they were they were a crazy player coach duo back in their day. Um, um, and they made they made things work. I think I think D'Antoni coached Steve Nash when he was MVP. Um. If I'm remembering correctly, um, yeah, two two MVPs and Shaq is still mad about Steve Nash taking the MVP from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but I just you know it's kind of like you're hiring like you're you're you hire you're hiring your mentor to work for you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out that mentor that 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 balance there that dynamic there. Um, but maybe it's just me. Maybe it'll be totally fine. I mean, I know Dan Tony knows that he's coming in to be an assistant. That's what he's being hired as. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of got to know your role. Um, but at the same time, knowing those two, um, they're probably going to be like one in one A with everything that they say. Like they're probably not going to have many disagreements. They're probably going to be on this, on the same the same page most of the time. Um, yes, yeah, possible. Um, but I don't know. I it, it it you raise a good point. Like, you know, can can D'Antoni be be that backup in case Nash doesn't work out? Yeah, he definitely can. Um, this goes. I I think I, I'm gonna say I have a I have a slight problem with that. Um, you know, I look at D'Antoni as as Doc Rivers. Like he he almost never doesn't have a job but it's like he's he's one of those those retreads man it's like yeah isn't it time to give someone else a job like give someone else a shot this is why i yeah, like this in the first place um but we keep we keep recycling these old coaches man that um i'm i'm excluding doc rivers from this because like i said i think with doc you get more than just a coach you get you get a person you get a man you know you know with d'antoni i don't i don't know how he necessarily is i know there's been beef in the past with some of his players and, and himself but um 
I'm just like, man, I don't know. It, it, it we need we need the next wave of coaches coming in. Like Sam Castell still still don't have a, a head coaching job, which I don't know why. Um, there's got to be something there. Mark Jackson, I mean, he would be a, a retread technically, but I mean, he didn't have much time in Golden State. Yeah, uh, he hasn't been able to get a job since then. Right, right. Um, uh, Chauncey Billups, I mean, I know that he was, I think he had turned down the, the Cavs GM job or whatever back in the past, but um, there's, there's a bunch of names out there. Um, so I personally, I would just kind of like roll my eyes if Nash got fired and D'Antoni was like the interim, you know, and then D'Antoni was promoted to head coach at, I would just roll my eyes, but um, with Kyrie and KD, D'Antoni could, you know, it, it, let me back up a little bit. So I said earlier a, a few minutes, a few seconds ago about how I think that Nash and D'Antoni are probably always going to be on the same page. So it's like, if you're, if you're going to get rid of Nash, what do you think that you're going to get with D'Antoni? Um, you know, D'Antoni's voice is going to be very strong in that organization being an assistant and, and Nash being a rookie head coach. Um, yeah, and it, it might end up undermining him at some point, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm just like, you know, if you move to D'Antoni, I don't know. I don't know if much changes. Um, I don't think that would be your 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 fix for that situation. Um, but like I said, man, it's all got to run through uh, two presidents over there, Kyrie and KD, who are running the show over there. So, um, yeah, I mean, got to sign off on it. It's It's interesting. Yeah, Kyrie and Katie definitely have to have to sign off on it, and it's just funny to me the fact that it's basically a seven seconds or less coaching staff over there because they got Dan Tony, Steve Nash, and they got Amari Stoudemire over there. I mean, it's, it's, it. it's it's interesting, and I'll just leave it leave it off by this: nothing would surprise me if if we have like another situation where a player. It's undermining a coach, or like we we saw Kyrie talking about talk some nonsense about oh we don't we don't even need a coach, I think we're good enough to not even have to worry about him. Like who says that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially yeah. to your rookie head coach. I mean that's he's a smart guy, but it feels like sometimes he just says things without thinking about them. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but either way, that's just how I feel about it. Um, I'm definitely gonna be watching out for some type of. Uh, craziness going on with that situation over there, depending on how they perform. Um, I want to I want to bring this subject in, into the podcast as well. We're talking about again. I think the subject has been a lot of like front office moves and coaching staffs and whatnot for this podcast today. Um, we already touched up on on Tommy Shepard and Bradley Bill today. Shepard in the podcast, he he or he appeared on. Excuse me, he was defending Bradley Bill. Uh, saying that you know the league just is not appreciating him enough after he got snubbed by the all M- by the all NBA and all star teams during the season. Um, Marcel Holland for Tommy Shepard to have Bradley Bill's back and to say these nice things about him, especially in the contract year where he hasn't signed that extension yet, and so much is on the line. It's very important. Um, it's very important. Brad's aspect uh, from Brad's point of view to know that your GM feels the same way that, you know, the fan base does about you, that you were underappreciated and, um, and all this, that, and the other. But it's also important because I think 
indirectly, Shepard was was I'm hoping telling the fan base that yeah, um, wink, wink, uh, don't listen to all these trade rumors. Like Brad's here to stay as long as he wants to be here. Um, you know, and I think that indirectly he may have been saying that just by praising Brad and you know it's like yeah, I know this is I know this is a business and and things like that but like you know Shep's in his third year second year of being a GM I believe um, it's the second year second year and it's like you know you're 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 still in the process of building your credibility uh there's people that already want him gone I can't believe that but you're wow. still in the process of your credibility with the fan base like we still don't trust you we don't know you you know stuff like that so for you to say something like that and then turn around and trade the man i think is ridiculous um so i think what i took from him saying that was you know we we value him we appreciate him we want him here as long as he wants to be here he's not going anywhere yeah i th- I mean, that's that's all you have to say about it. as long as he as long as Bradley Bill wants to be there, as long as you can give him something to have hope for, I think he he'd be willing to stay. I mean, the guy is so involved in the community, not just Brad, but John Wall. You have Natasha Cloud, super invested in the community. Like the guy likes being here, and he's and sometimes he he speaks like a mo. Sometimes he speaks like a, a DC guy. Sometimes too funny enough. I mean. <laughs> like he, we, we, we've, we've had so many great memories with him. I mean, yeah, and he's he's able to raise his family here. Like, yeah, this is the one city he knows as a man, as a grown man. So we gotta do what we gotta do to keep him. Tommy Shepard saying the right things. It's just up to the encore product, like you said. I mean, yeah, I think it is something, and something important to say, something important to do. Just gotta hope that everything goes right. Um, and then I want to close it off with this, another John Wall, John Wall watch segment. We touched on that earlier, John Wall at the Remy runs, uh, Remy, Remy open runs in Miami, whatever it is. He's playing out there with Harden, Mike Beasley, Andre Drummond, PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker, excuse me, Kelly Oubre, I, I think was in there. Um, I mean, we we touch on that every week, man. The guy's looking really nice, looking explosive. Pulled up, pulled up a couple of times from the from three. I love it. You already know how, what I'm gonna say. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I started to I started to talk about it uh, earlier in this in this episode, man. Um, you know, I'm getting I'm getting hyped, I'm getting excited. Uh, trying to keep myself from going over the top and you know being all in because you know don't want my feelings hurt again. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. Another another great video, man. Um I'm hoping that, you know, these videos are obviously whoever's editing them and posting them, they're picking out the best parts to to make a, you know, to make a video to post. Um, so I'm just hoping that there was way more there there's way more to these videos than what they're posting, you know, that these aren't just like three or four good moves that John is is making and like the rest of the game he's playing is just like he's standing around or he's he's bricking or he's not playing D or getting lost or or whatever. Yeah. Um right. I'm hoping I'm hoping that all these pickup games he he is as locked in as he's looking in, in these video cuts. Um but yeah man like the the jump the jumper looks the jumper is looking smooth man. Um I know I was hesitant a few weeks ago um but i think 
I, I actually have seen a change from from those videos to, to what we're seeing now. I've, I've seen a little bit more fluidness um, with um, with his like his follow through and everything. Um, I even one of those shots that he threw up, it, it reminded me of Gil a little bit. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Because like just the way that like he positioned, you know, Gil had like a funny release kind of it wasn't funny. It was just a little it was different um, the way he like positioned his hands at the top of his release. Um, and, and John did that. I'm like, wow, that was a flashback. Um, and it was like, the whole shot was just very fluid and everything. Um, he's looking good, man. It's just, you know, aside from the jump shot, like he's, he's, he's flying by people like normal. He's dunking, he's dunking off, uh, his, his left leg. I think he tore his, his right leg Achilles though. Um, which is, which is good for him. Cause he's a left leg dunker. Um, no, he's a right leg dunk. I'm sorry. He dunks with his left hand. I'm getting confused. Yeah, um, I, that's one of the most interesting things about him too is the fact that he dumps with his left hand so regularly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like those you know some some players who shoot right handed, but they might shoot left handed free throws or something like. Um, but I think DeAndre Jordan is one of them. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, he he's looking good, man. We need that to translate into training camp, into preseason if there is one, and into the regular season. Um, because if we get, if we have both of these guys back and they're healthy and we're still hovering around 500, man, like, it's – I don't I'm I'm just going to pull – I'm going to pull my hair out, man. <laughs> I, I definitely feel you. Hey, what more can be said, man? It's, it's – we keep on touching on it. It's an important season. John Wall, show us what you – show us who you are, man, because – you came in dug in. You came in dug in on your first game. We want to see you. I don't even know. I don't even know what the next big dance is, but we want to see you keep doing that in Washington D.C. Um, with that being said, Marcel, you got anything else to leave with the Wizards Junkies podcast family before we dip off and we say goodbye? Uh, nothing except, man. I'm just looking forward to the draft and the off season, and and looks like we're gonna have Christmas hoops. Um, really, really excited for that, man. I guess it still remains to be seen how they're gonna play the season out. I think they said they want to try and do 72 games. I I feel like that's probably too much, but I mean we'll see. They probably the season will probably run longer than than a normal season. Um, I mean later into the year, I should say. Um. But yeah, I'm excited to have Hoops back soon, man. For sure. Me, me too. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a hoop head anyway. I love I love watching basketball. Love talking basketball. This is the Wizards Junkies podcast, so that's what we do here, guys. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast, especially if we got to the end. Uh, this is episode thirty, I believe, of the podcast. So we're getting up there. Uh, Marcel, thank you again for coming on. This has been the Wizards Junkies podcast on the Sports Pulse Network. Thank you for listening. We are out. Bang.